0: From the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN.
1: couple of minutes past 5 o'clock. Welcome back. Welcome to the Sports Huddle. On a Wednesday afternoon, Bob Black with you here. I think we got a full week of shows this week, all the way through Friday, including Friday. Not a travel day for me this week with the Spiders at home, Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. In fact, back to back home games for the Spiders. They're home again next Saturday against the Maine black bears uh next week might be a little different however because the major league baseball playoffs will start and there'll be some afternoon games so we'll all be enjoying postseason baseball rather than our live local programming in the afternoon with matt border to border and the sports huddle from four until six and we'll update you on that once major league baseball sets the times of all of those games that begin tuesday with the wild card in both the american league and the national league all right. uh speaking of the Spiders, we finished up the 4 o'clock hour talking Virginia and Virginia Tech and quarterbacks by choice, by decision of head coach and offensive coordinator, and I'm leaning in the opposite direction of the head coaches who know way more about this sort of thing than I do. But on a sports talk radio show, you can give an opinion no matter how informed or uninformed it might possibly be. Now, in the case of Richmond, it's not so much by choice or by decision, There can be some of that, but the first order of business is health. And I did go out to practice to watch today. For those of you who are not aware of the situation, I know we got a lot of Spider fans who listen. Starting quarterback Kyle Wickersham didn't play Saturday. Somewhat unexpectedly came up with an oblique strain during or at the end of practice literally on Friday. Tried to go during warm-ups on Saturday, and it was determined that he wasn't going to play. Jackson Hardy, the backup quarterback, number two on the two deep, comes in, was doing a fine job, uh, got the team in the game at halftime, but he took a hard hit right before the end of the half, and he went into concussion protocol, and he didn't finish the game Saturday. And the third-string quarterback, the walk-on, Ashton Snellsire, finished the game for the Spiders Saturday and led them to the one-point win at Stony Brook, which was a gutty, gritty, gratifying, rewarding win for the Spiders. But it left the quarterback situation very much in doubt going into this week and the home game against Hampton. So, from what I could observe at practice today and from what Coach Russ Husman told the media after practice today, um, Jackson Hardy is out. Uh, he will not play Saturday. The good news is he was at practice, so you can kind of assume that maybe he is at least on the mend. I know sometimes when a concussion protocol is particularly severe, they will keep those guys and gals, you know, in – in darker environments. I'm not trying to go Aaron Rodgers on you here, um, but in all seriousness, or have you wearing sunglasses and certainly limiting your mobility and your activity. Uh, Jackson didn't do anything today, but he was out on the field and walking around with his teammates, that sort of thing. So uh, that was certainly a good, good sign. Kyle Wicker, Kyle Wickersham didn't do any of the team drills today. He did some limited uh, quarterback drills threw the ball maybe a few times from what I could see, not 100% by any stretch of the imagination. So Ashton Snellsire today took most of the first team reps. The true freshman Camden Coleman took the rest of them. I think there's probably still some hope that uh, Kyle Wickersham will be healthy enough to go by Saturday. But it's only Wednesday, and Coach Usman was asked about it in his post-practice uh, meeting with the media, said we'll know more Thursday and Friday. So they're going to wait as long as they can the rest of this week to see if Kyle might be able to bounce back. Um, meantime, are getting most of the first-team rep. So it's somewhere there, but we do not have a definitive answer on who the starting quarterback will be for Richmond. It will be interesting if it's Ashton Snellsire for his second collegiate game and how much different he will be than his first collegiate game and there's two schools of thought on that. When he came in Saturday, he didn't have any time to do any thinking. He just went in the game and let his instincts do what they do. He's played football for most of his life and he just kind of let the instincts take over. His teammates help him out. Savon Smith has a hundred yard rushing game. Uh Nick DeJaneiro makes some great catches on some good good throws by Snellsire and they and they win the game. And the other team didn't even know who he was. We hardly knew, quite honestly. Uh, but this week, things will be different. There'll be tape out on him. He'll have a whole week uh, to take those first team reps, to be way more part of the game plan than he's been. We'll see how that affects him if he is indeed the starter on Saturday. It's going to be a fascinating storyline to follow. And I'll give you one little one little nugget. I'm kind of scooping myself here, because we will certainly use this uh, on the telecast. Uh, I'll be on TV Saturday with Chris Anderson and Sean Robertson, uh, who will be on our sideline, our CBS 6 guy, who will be with us tomorrow as well on uh, on the sports huddle. Uh, but uh, Sean and I, were standing, and Lane Casadante from, from Channel 6, we're standing with Winston October after practice today, the Spiders' offensive coordinator. And one of the things he said that gave Ashton Snellsire a little bit of an upper hand, was that he's the signal guy on the sideline. He's the guy signaling in, you know, the plays. He's listening to them on the headsets. There are other quarterbacks doing the same thing, but he apparently is the the main one. Whether his signals are the actual signals or not, I don't really know. But he's the guy that's hearing a lot of what's coming from the press box. And Winston October seemed to think that that actually helped him that he understood the play calls uh he understood the thinking of coach october that he had a little bit of a mental advantage because of the work that he does on the sideline on game day, or on whatever game days he is deemed to be that guy, that that quarterback um, on the sideline for the Spice. So I thought that was kind of interesting. We'll see how it plays out on Saturday, and maybe we'll know tomorrow when we go to uh, the brass tap over there at Libby Mill Midtown for Behind the Web with Coach Usman at high noon. Maybe he'll be able to give us an answer on who the starting quarterback is going to be. Maybe not. Maybe you have to buy a ticket and show up on Saturday afternoon at Robin Stadium or tune in here on 1061 ESPN or uh, on television on Monumental Sports Network, formerly known as NBC Sports Washington, Monumental Sports Network at 2 o'clock. All right, the monumental story of the day, certainly the NBA and the trade of Damian Lillard from Portland to Milwaukee, making the Bucks a favorite to win it all next season. Let's find out if our NBA resident expert, Bruce, agrees with all those assessments and what he thinks of today's blockbuster deal. Good evening, Bruce. Good
2: evening, Bob. And let me just quickly say, pump your brakes. let's, let's, Let's all pump our brakes, guys. Milwaukee, first and foremost, it is a new coach in Milwaukee. It is a new team orientation when you bring in a superstar such as Damian Lillard. Let's not all listen to Vegas who puts these odds out and say, hey, here is a slam dunk that Milwaukee will take the eat. It's no guarantee. Milwaukee, if healthy, will be tough come playoff time because of their ability to dip it inside, to finish, or to have someone like Dane Lillard who can spread the court and knock down any type of shot at any given point. Dame Lillard is probably my favorite NBA player right now. Wow. But let's just pump our breaks. I'm, 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 not, I'm not there on September the 27th. Let's pump our breaks first. Bob. Bob. Bruce. My call was such. This was my call. So at 5.30, I believe it was, it may have been 6 p.m., yesterday evening the story came across regarding Brooks Robertson. Bob uh, you talked about him in your earlier hour but it it brought to memory uh, guys who have loved baseball and one of the constants regarding Brooks Robertson was he was the best at that hot corner. I mean you've had great you've had the Smith you've had the uh, Nettles, you've had so many great third basemen, the, the, the guy for Kansas City, the George Breck, but many people have always considered Brooke Robertson to be the standard barrel. And I remember talking with a guy I worked with 20 years in state government. He was one of the hugest, largest Brooks Robertson fans. Is, is that true that he's sort of the standard barrel at third base?
1: Uh, Unquestionably, I I would say that. Obviously, being a Philly guy, I would put Mike Schmidt right up there alongside him. But I think it's hard to argue with Robinson as a fielder, as an offensive guy. uh, Like Schmidt, played his whole career in one city, uh, was an MVP. uh, You know, basically invented the phrase human vacuum cleaner, Brooks Robinson at third base. And I will tell you this, Bruce, uh, I was a youngster. In 1970, about the time that I can kind of still remember things and started, you know, really getting into it. And and I remember Brooks Robinson and those 1970 Orioles and beating Cincinnati in the World Series. And he's just an iconic figure, not only in Baltimore, but throughout all of Major League Baseball.
2: And just from what everyone says, just a super nice person as well. So, that was the that was the call I wanted, but of course the breaking news is the breaking news, and I, you know I, I'm just I'm I'm not you know I'm met Joe in his show, you know that I'm still I would still like to see Philly, I, I would still like to see what Boston is going to do, I would still like to see what Miami is going to do in the East. I'm just not there, guys. I think we jump too quick with these types of trades and and Dame Lillard and and Greek Freak, I mean, and Milton and they got a great start squad, but they got a coach that's just he has to learn. This is his first year coaching. And you gotta learn this stuff. You gotta learn who to go to on your set when it's late in the fourth quarter and you need a big bucket. Of course you got Greek freak. But Greek freak can be stopped too. So let's just see how this thing plays out.
1: Hey, Bruce, uh, I, I must admit, I know very little, basically nothing about, um, who is it, Adrian Griffin, right, is the Bucks yes. head coach. Uh, yes. I know he was at Toronto yes. before coming to Milwaukee. Uh, what do you know about him? Why did the Bucks think so highly of him to name him their head coach?
2: Because he's played. So, Bob, there is a big take right now. Of We heard this term player's coach. But there is a big take in the in the association of guys who've experienced this. They make better coaches. They are better game managers. They are better decision makers. But Adrian was an assistant, and so he's not been given, you know, the final call. And 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 and, and I know there are going to be instances where he may make a call. And with the experience of a Dame Lillard or Giannis Antetokounmpo. The they may change the call, and so—but you still have to. It's a new coach, guys, and I still think I believe in watching so much of this sport that you have to let this maturation process come forward. And I would yield to a coach like a, a coach in Miami. I would yield to even a Nick Nurse in Philly. I would yield even to a second-year coach in Boston who sort of learned some stuff last year versus automatically yielding to this new coach in, in Milwaukee. So I, I think there's still some adjustment. I, I, without question, know that Milwaukee will be good because they were already good, and you add a damn Lillard, you're only going to be better. Uh, but let's just, you know, let's see how the things work out come April of 2024.
1: That's why they play the games, Bruce. Good take. Good take. We'll talk about it all winter long. Good start, though. Thank you, Bruce. Have a good evening. Thanks for the call. There goes Bruce. I knew he would see that bat signal up there in the sky somewhere and get to us. And he makes a great point, particularly about a rookie head coach now having to deal with two superstar players. And that's not easy in the NBA. It's not easy in any sport, but I think it's most difficult in the NBA. Ah, but that
3: Boston coach he named was a rookie last year.
1: He was. He was. Didn't win a championship, though. No, no. Bruce no. is not wrong. Bruce He's is not, not wrong. Right. No, but I think, I think Nick... there's, AJ, I think there's always an overreaction when there's blockbuster deals like this
3: one. I'm not overreacting. I know that no matter what gets put on the court, Giannis is coming back with a vengeance. Me and Rob called that like last year. I'm telling you.
1: I would agree. This is
3: different. This is different. I'm not overreacting. I don't care what Vegas says.
1: (laughs) Well, Vegas says the Bucs are going to be really good this year, and they normally know what they're talking about. So does Bruce. So we'll see how it plays out when the games begin and how they handle uh, the situation with both of them and the coaching and and all of that. That's Again, that's why they play the games. That's why we have this show, which will go up until 6 o'clock. This evening, but right now it's five fifteen, and here's where we're headed
0: till six o'clock on the Sports Auto. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's drive home headlines. Drive home
1: headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, call James River Air for a free in-home consultation. Check them out online at James River Air. Com. Obviously, that is our big story. The Dame Lillard trade from Portland and to Milwaukee today. Three-team deal. Portland, Milwaukee, and Phoenix involved as well. So that's been our big story um, this afternoon. We've touched a little bit on Brooks Robinson and uh, his passing, the Hall of Famer, with the uh, Orioles. We've talked a little bit about baseball playoff races. The position still up for grab. The wild card spots in both the national and national. And American Leagues. We're wide open till six eight zero four three two seven zero eight eight eight. On the air, three two seven zero eight eight eight. That's also our text line. Gonna go back and pull a couple of those out of there uh, when we come back after the break and then maybe at the bottom of the hour, got a little fun sound bite for you. This is a little different than the sound bites that we give you. At the top of the show, many days at the top of each hour, you know, where it's kind of the highlight of the story of the day or stories of the day. It's got a little fun one for you. At the bottom of the hour, that I just kind of happened to stumble on today. We'll come back with some texts, however, on the other side, 804-327-0888. If you'd like to text us, please do. We'll get to them, I promise, in the next segment, or dial us up to talk on the program as well. Time out right now at about 5, 18 or so, Wednesday afternoon on one zero six one ESPN.
0: Well, you've got them. 106.1 ESPN is your exclusive radio home for all things Spiders Athletics in the River City all year long.
1: Finally getting a little nicer out there. Got some breaks in all these gloomy looking clouds. Got some sunshine sprinkling down on us right now but it's it's been pretty gloomy the last few days obviously the torrential rain and wind over the weekend and then kind of monday and tuesday and most of today also pretty gloomy and cloudy but Breaking up a little bit, and hopefully it's going to get better as the week goes on and we get into another college and NFL weekend this uh, this Saturday and Sunday. All right, a text or two coming out, but uh, I'll go to the phones first, 804-327-0888. Reggie, hello, my friend.
4: Well, Earl Weaver and Frank Robinson are standing at the pearly gate and say, come on in, young man. Job well done. Job well done, old Brooks Robinson.
1: That's quite a you team know, they got many, going up there, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah. The creator has a heck of a baseball squad up there. Yes, <laughs>
1: so, he does. him.
4: But, you know, oh, Bruce didn't say nothing about his 76ers, <laughs> new coach. And their um, all-star James Harden. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a sinister I know. laugh they wow. got going there, Reggie. That was a sinister <laughs> laugh.
4: Wow. I mean, normally Bruce is talking about winning the championship, and hold on, pump your brakes. Pump your brakes. say nothing about the 76ers. Bubba Chuck, a.k.a. Not, and i and not walk through that door no time soon. You know, I can understand him being a little nervous, you know. But, yeah. Bob, if you get a chance to go to the Virginia pilot, um, there's an article that Luke Williams of HBCU Sports sent me to that the Hampton situation – those football players didn't play in a game against Norfolk State or Howard, so they wanted to worry about forfeiting. But it's other sports involved in just football that they're looking at the athletes. So that's in the Virginia College.
1: Yeah, and I have kind of been assured that the names that are on there too deep for this week against Richmond are eligible and will play so in other words reggie they're yeah. not singling out the whatever it is six seven eight guys that are ineligible by name but they are the two deep that they're putting out for the most part is accurate we all know two deeps can change to some degree yeah. but i was kind of given an assurance that the names on the two deep are guys that we fully expect to play this weekend and yes there are enough of them to field a team saturday
4: Oh, yeah, you have to worry about that. Too much money involved. They're going to make sure of that. But, Bob, I really need your help with something. Um, When game day comes, my youngest daughter went to James Madison and my oldest daughter went to Longwood. And so we're kind of familiar with being a dookie there. I'm a proud parent of a dookie. When game day hits the school, what kind of excitement and should we say free advertisement does that bring to the school?
1: When what, game day? Like ESPN game day?
4: Yes, sir, because when they hit James Madison a couple years ago, it was off the chain. It was crazy up there.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's been to JMU twice, if I'm not mistaken. I know for sure once because the Spiders spoiled the party the one year when they (laughs) they wound up beating them. And we took our live Spider and put it on game day. That was a big hit. No, you didn't. (laughs) Yes, we did. We took the live spider and and made an appearance right there on game day on JMU's campus, and then Kyle Laletta shredded them and the spiders beat the Dukes (laughs) that day. Did
4: you stomp on the logo? did the spot a stomp on the logo? By? Uh, I don't I
1: don't think they did that, but they did leave with a victory they and, and I will say this it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. It was fun for both schools for those of us from Richmond that got a chance to be a part of it, and you know Lee Corso dressed up as James Madison, came down the steps of the building in the headgear all oh, it was a you know so to answer your question, I'm not sure you can totally yeah. quantify in dollars and cents or applications or students who come to your school or sponsorships. Yeah. But it definitely moves the needle. It moves the needle a lot. I will tell you this, Reg. I can tell you because my kid is that my son is working at Duke. As I've mentioned many times, they are off the charts, excited, about having college game day there. Not for basketball, not with the Cameron Crisis. not in Cameron Indoor Stadium, (laughs) but at Wallace Wade Stadium. I don't know what they call them, the Wallace Wade Wackos or whatever they are, but they Mm -hmm. are legitimately fired up for college game day to be at Duke for football, and they host Notre Dame Saturday night.
4: Well, see, Bob, uh, just, just to be honest, there's a lot of jealousy and a lot of envy of Coach Prime. And if you look at the revenue, not once, but twice game day. I guess it's going to be a third time game day is going to be at the campus of Colorado. Now, with the economic boom that the hotels and the local business expand upon, that's telling you right there that that's extra money that can be pumped into the schools as well as the community that you can't account for. So Absolutely. that's why I think a lot of people are right now a little jealous of Coach Prime because the Aflac commercial he does, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, every time I look at the brother doing the commercial. And I'm like, hey, if you don't get upset about it, work harder in order to get your tail on, on TV. Hey, and I get a lot of those recruits going to look at it. Yes, sir.
1: And I'm not trying to, uh, to pick at this thing here, but they've only been to Colorado once, right? They were there for the no, Colorado State game. That's it. I think they've been there twice. I don't think they so. Went I'm, for looking, homecoming I'm looking right now. Week on one. Nebraska. Week one was South Carolina, North Carolina. Week two was Texas, Alabama. Week three was Colorado mm-hmm. State of Colorado. Last week was Ohio State at Notre Dame. And next week is Notre Dame at Duke. Oh, that's right. They had uh, Fox was
4: there that game. Day. Yes, that's so they correct. Had two Fox was there. That's correct. Yeah.
1: They had, that's, correct. They had, that's correct. They had two different game days there at the same time. It's funny you say that because I noticed it on both of them. Like each of them. Had to show the other network's logo at some point because they were within their <laughs> camera shot. Like I was on ESPN Game Day and there was the Fox set right in the background. So I went to Fox because I saw it. And when I went to the Fox set, you could see ESPN right there in the background. It was funny.
4: Yeah, well, you know, you had to. Well, they do the same thing with football. They talk about ESPN is advertising. Fox is doing something. Yeah. So the, all the money's being made now. They had to kind of cross-pollinate as far as the different loan
1: goes. But look, more power to co- Coach Prime. He's not doing anything wrong. Uh, advertisers want him to be their spokesman. Um, he's playing by the rules with the recruits he's brought in. Uh, hey, that uh, credit to their athletic director for rolling the dice and bringing mm-hmm. him in as the head coach. And we'll see how it plays and, out. Again, I'm not ready to I like an- anoint him the next uh, Coach Saban yeah. or, or anything yeah. like that, but... It's a good start. I think they're going to lose this week too. Well, it's
4: going to be pretty difficult. I mean, USC yeah. definitely the power. Look how USC brought that coach in from Oklahoma. How he yep. changed the program around the year. Yep. They said the same thing. We're going to keep our homegrown talent here. We're going to spare no expense and we're going to spend money. Keep our talent here. A little so, easier I mean, to turn a program, Reggie.
1: A little easier to turn a program around at USC than Colorado, wouldn't you say? Yeah.
4: I'm saying is right now seeing is believing. It's and not Coach turned Brown around is, yet, Reg.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, from your buddy Bruce, I'm going to say, pump the brakes here, pump the brakes from Colorado. Well,
4: wait a minute. one in twelve to already three wins and possible three more to go to a bowl game. I and think with that's the investment
1: That would hey, with a,
4: return on investment, no doubt. As far as the money coming in, no uh, doubt they might,
0: uh,
4: look, look at the economic value. That's all I said. Tremendous
1: value of what he's done. I'm with you. I'm a primetime guy. I'm a fan, Reg. I'm a fan. Yes, sir. All right, thanks. Uh, And this is kind of funny. So when Reggie brought that up about Colorado and whatever, he said three times on game day, I'm like, that can't be right. So I, of course, right away, I do what AJ would do. I Google game day locations 2023. Not only do I get a list of where they've been, but I I think I'm on BetMGM's app. I think that's uh, website. That's just where it took me. They're predicting the rest of college game days locations moving forward. Um so without boring you on this, next week they predict game day to be at in Dallas for the Red River rivalry, Oklahoma, Texas. Then they're going to Seattle for Oregon, Washington. Then, ah, we just mentioned the USC Trojans. They'll be in Hollywood for the Utah-USC game. These are all predictions, of course. Uh, Then Madison-Wisconsin for Ohio State-Wisconsin. That one's a little under the radar, I would think. Got to get an SEC game in there. So there's LSU and Alabama from Tuscaloosa in Week 10. Week 11, welcome to Happy Valley, Michigan at Penn State. Uh, week 12, another SEC in Knoxville, Georgia at Tennessee. Then we're going back to the Big Ten, Ohio State-Michigan in Ann Arbor this year. In Ann Arbor. Um, and it is also the weekend of Auburn, Alabama. But I would think this year Ohio State-Michigan uh, outdoes Auburn, Alabama. Uh, then the following week is championship week. So they'll pick one of those, probably the SEC. And then love that they finish or predict it to finish with Army-Navy. Now, I'm going to go off real quick for a minute here, and then we're going to take a break, then we're going to do something fun. Army-Navy this year is in Foxborough. Bad, 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 bad. I don't. As a Philadelphia guy, um, I think Army-Navy should always be played in Philadelphia. That's just my opinion. And it always was for a long, long time. And then, um, like, the Meadowlands got involved and that sort of thing. So Massachusetts, yeah, what's that?
3: Yeah, real places. I got it.
1: Easy now. Massachusetts will be the seventh different state to host the Army-Navy game. I didn't think it was that many, but, um, yeah, I'd like to call that one our own if we could. So they're moving it up there to Foxborough, to Gillette Stadium. Ah. Is anyway.
3: there a reason it was always played in Philadelphia?
1: I think because it was about the halfway point between Army and Navy. I think it really was a true neutral setting, the historical value of Philadelphia. Uh, that That's the only reason that I can think of that. It basically was halfway between uh, Annapolis and West Point. So I don't mind them moving around a little bit, but I'd rather it just stay in Philly. Anyway, all right, going to have a little fun on the other side of this. I found a a silly little sports clip that could actually blow up in the faces of none other than the team of which we carry, the Atlanta Braves. I'll let you hear it when we come back. And remember, it's pretty tongue-in-cheek but it's pretty funny to me nonetheless you'll hear it we'll talk about it next on the sports saddle
0: betting advice he's got it hot takes he's got yeah. plenty love for your favorite team well you'll just have to tune in weekday afternoons from 3 to 4 for border to border with Matt Joseph to find out how he feels on 1061 ESPN Richmond <laughs>
1: AJ and I were talking about this during the break. Um, have you ever heard of John Boy Media? And both you and I, AJ, said, you know, we've kind of heard of it, but not really sure a whole lot about it, right? It's kind of where we went on that yep. one. Yep. All right. So I, I looked at it on, on Twitter. Two best friends started making content, and others joined them a breakdown. Oh, wait, is this the Dallas guys? I I don't know. I've heard of it, and I don't know that I'm – I'm not following them. So I'm just finding them because somebody else liked or retweeted the tweet that I'm about to get to and the video because it just kind of caught my eye and my attention. So I I don't really know much about it, but I will tell you this. So it's a video of, uh, I assume, one of these two guys because he looks like the type of guy who would start a Twitter feed with his buddy. And that's all it really is. I mean, he's out at a big league ballpark. He's in a T-shirt and shorts and tennis shoes. And he's got a phone recording an interview. And I guess his other buddy is recording the video part of the interview. So this is something he did with Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves. Outstanding pitcher. Could be a Cy Young Award winning pitcher. And he must have done some relatively serious interview with him. But then he decided to lighten it up. With one last question, and Spencer Strider took the bait. Do you have any hot, sports takes?
3: any hot sports takes?
1: Absolutely, there should be no fans.
3: 2020 season, no fans. Get rid of the fans. It's too loud. Too loud. It's too okay. loud. Everybody be quiet. We don't. We don't need the, the cheering. We know you're watching. Wow. Uh, I don't need the fans. Uh, you, you stay outside the stadium. You, you, I mean, back it up. <laughs> Let's do like a no lower bowl thing. You know, just just kind of, yeah, upper deck's great. Upper deck's great. Outfield,
2: phenomenal. We don't don't need you around the dugouts. Just just try and be
1: quiet. (laughs) Just try to be quiet. How do you think that's going to play in Philadelphia if the Phillies meet the Braves in the playoffs? How loud do you think the lower bowl is going to be and the fans around the Braves' dugout when Spencer Strider gets out there to pitch? We don't think he was serious. Do we, AJ? We don't really
3: think. Uh, you know, look, man. Matt's already said he's never going to any football games because of all the violence in there. Like, that's, that's, well, that's the where my- Well, violence
1: is one thing. He's just talking about I, noise. Here.
3: I'm telling you. I know he was joking, but, like, I'm waiting for this to be a narrative. I've actually been waiting for this to be a narrative. What? No fans? Uh, I'm just, Come on. It's, it'll never happen, but of we also didn't not. think kids would need chaperones in high school games. I'm just saying- yeah. It's been very violent this year. Not to not to turn a happy uh, segment into a downer, but I couldn't even laugh at this clip when I first listened to it because I thought he was serious because I've no. been waiting for this to be a thing.
1: Well, I don't think it's been a, a huge problem in Major League Baseball games. It's been a tragically huge problem in uh, NFL games. Go
3: to, go to Dodger Stadium, sir.
1: Well, I haven't heard anything this year. <laughs> and, and look, if it's not happening in Boston, Philly, or Chicago... You know, L.A. needs to just clean up its act a little bit. But we're not going away. Fans are not going away. And we are not just sitting them in the upper deck in the outfield. They're going to be right on top of you. And you know my take on this has always been the NBA is getting away with craziness by putting those fans as close to the teams as they do. That is the one that I think there would be some seriousness to, to put them in the upper bowl. Uh, And I don't really mean that, but just get them off of the court. I would mean that. If, if this kid came along and said, Bob, what's your what's your hot take on sports? It would be get the fans off the court at college and NBA games. And, and you, especially in the NBA where they put, like, those four seats, like, literally right between the coaching staff and his team, for crying out loud. I, I just dude, And they do that in so college cool. arenas, too. It's, it's so it's, it's, cool. It's so cool. See, so now you're being now you're talking about both sides of your mouth here. No, you're like get rid of the fans, but oh, that's so cool that the fans can sit right next to no, the coach. No,
3: I know how to act right and drink in sporting <laughs> events, so I'm fine. But I'm just no, the, I'm telling you, man, the NBA, the only thing better than sitting courtside, which I got to do once at an NBA game, is hockey. And the argument there is there's a barrier, which, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I, hey, I wouldn't do it. If if I was the commissioner of the NBA, I wouldn't do it. But it's too cool. It's too good of a ticket.
1: The first time there, and there have been a couple of issues, you know, nothing overly major. But the first time that, you know, a fan along the that front row sticks his leg out while a referee or a player is running by and breaks his leg, it's going to change. I don't think it'll happen. I hope it doesn't happen. But that's the one, like, Spencer Strider was kidding around. I would not be kidding around on the courtside uh, seats. If
3: somebody I, trips an NBA ref, I'll pay for their bail money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, enough of that. I just thought it was really funny. And the way he answered it, I just thought it was good-natured and funny. And, you know, he did uh, go back to the COVID year. There's no way baseball players enjoyed that, where they were playing games in an empty b- baseball state. No, no way. Anyway, and uh, by the way, Spencer Strider, I think he's going to get one more start. I-, I don't know if he will or not because the the um, the Braves are in the great position if they can set their pitching up however they want. At this point, I got to believe he will get one more because he's nineteen and five. So I would think he's they're going to run him out there for uh, for for one more start here before because then they're going to get several days off. Yeah. Uh, after the season ends while the wild card thing goes. So uh, he is not pitching tonight for Atlanta. But I'll bet they give him one more start to try and get a 20th win. He's got 19 wins on the season. And one hot take for John Boy Media, which I will probably never look at again, nonetheless. Uh, One more segment for us on a Wednesday, and we'll tell you what we got coming up on Thursday. We'll be back in studio for a couple of very good reasons. Tell you about that next on the Sports Huddle.
0: Last season came to an abrupt end for your favorite squad in the NL East. This year's Brave squad is poised to rectify the past and bring home a second World Series title in three years. Hear every moment with us here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves in Richmond, One zero six one ESP.
1: All right, I got one more sports note nugget. And again, it's Philadelphia-based, but too bad. And it it doesn't involve the Eagles or the Phillies at all. But if you're an Atlantic 10 basketball fan, if you're a VCU fan or a Richmond fan and listening in this area, and you've ever gone to see your team play at LaSalle, you know what I'm talking about. Okay? Right? Worst arena in the country, uh, bar none. Um, High school gym, bad high school gym. You got to walk up like three flights of steps just to get to the arena. Uh, All all of that. Seats 2,000 people, no atmosphere, the whole bit. Uh, everybody or a lot of people questioned the hiring of Fran Dunphy as LaSalle's head coach, alum, great player, great coach at Penn and at Temple. But, you know, uh, as David Teal said when we were talking last week, he's on the back nine like David Teal is and Bob Black is. Um, and they kind of questioned why, why Fran Dunphy to be the head coach at LaSalle. And they made no secret about it. One of the reasons, they wanted him raising money. Like, he, he is beloved at LaSalle, and he should be. And in addition to coaching basketball, they wanted him raising money. And apparently he's done this because they uh, had a major announcement today, and they used a major Philadelphia basketball figure who didn't go to LaSalle to introduce the project. But they have raised enough money for a total overhaul and renovation of their gym at LaSalle. And if you go on Twitter to LaSalle Athletics, the whole video is up there. It's about four and a half minutes in length. And it does show the architectural diagrams. And they're actually going to make it look like a college basketball arena. I hope this happens. Uh, it says opening fall 2024. I don't know if that's enough time to get done what they're going to get done. To this arena, but it, it should be easy to demolish it. That shouldn't take very long. It's probably hanging together by paper clips and duct tape. Um, so that part shouldn't take too long. But redoing it in a year's time, pretty amazing. So impressive that LaSalle was able to raise the money. Remember, this is a university that almost closed half a dozen years ago. There were rumors that not just athletics was going to stop, but the entire university was going to go away. And apparently they've made some strides and made some progress even more impressively through the pandemic. So good for them. Uh, But go watch it because the voice on the narration is none other than Charles Barkley. What a great choice. Now he obviously didn't go to LaSalle. He went to Auburn, but he's, you know, got Philadelphia connections from all the years he spent with the Sixers and a recognizable voice at that. And he's the narrator of this piece that introduces the new renovated arena at LaSalle. So if you're an Atlantic 10 basketball person, you get pretty excited about that because it it was the worst place in the league to go really, really bad. Uh, and they deserve better. And the visiting teams coming in deserve better, quite frankly. And hopefully by next college basketball season, LaSalle might actually have a legit college basketball arena. So good for them. All right, tomorrow on this program, we will be live in the studio. Uh, Sean Robertson from CBS 6 will co-host, as he's been doing on Thursday afternoons. Love that. So we'll be in the studio with him. And we've got a special guest coming into the studio. Uh, Wes Atiyah is going to join us tomorrow. I hope that name is familiar because we've been partners with this group for a few years now. Uh, Wes is the director of the River City Tennis Open. It'll be held this year, first weekend in October at Richmond, at the University of Richmond's tennis facility. We have been a partner for them in the past couple of years. Uh, We've been out live at some of their events from time to time. And this year we're bringing Wes into the studio to talk about it. This is their fifth year. And he's going to come in. It's a major college tennis tournament going to be held at Richmond. Um, It it has a a charitable piece to it as well. It's bringing in teams like VCU and JMU and Virginia Tech and Wake Forest, um, all of that. So a major uh, college tennis tournament, one of the largest D1 college tennis tournaments in Virginia. And it's coming to the University of Richmond, uh, hosted by the River City Tennis Foundation, which is a 501c3. So there is, um, you know, that portion of this as well. They have raised all sorts of money for donations over the course of the past four years and certainly would like to do it bigger than better than ever in their fifth year anniversary. So Wes is going to tell us all about that tomorrow. And I got a little bit of trivia on Wes Atiyah. Of all things, and for all the talk we've had about this guy, Wes actually has a connection to primetime, to Coach Prime, to Deion Sanders. So, A.J., remind me to bring that up tomorrow when Wes is in the studio about his connection. Everybody seems to have a connection with primetime, with Deion Sanders. Anyway, so Wes Atiyah, in studio tomorrow, director of the River City Tennis Open. that's coming to the University of Richmond October 6th through 8th. We'll learn much more about it when Wes joins Sean and me tomorrow afternoon for the sports huddle at four o'clock live from our espn richmond studios that's it for today aj great job over there on the other side of the glass we do it again tomorrow uh jamie king and the sports king at 7 a.m bright and early big al with sports phone from 8 until 10 our espn programming middle of the day then Matt Joseph says border to border at three. And I just told you what we got coming up on the sports huddle tomorrow at four o'clock live from the studio. So until we talk to you then, thank you for being with us this afternoon. Enjoy your evening. Praise baseball coming up at 7.05 tonight. Talk to you tomorrow with the next sports huddle right here on 1061 ESPN. Sorry, South
0: drop. Discover
1: credit cards automatically double